0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Rooted in Logos podcast, episode number 94. Brad and Austin here, ready to get us going. We are looking at the fourth installment of our series on immodesty. Yeah, And we're excited about that. We're going to focus a lot on the heart and focus a lot on what we actually wear. So our clothing. I don't think we'll have any disagreements. We might have a a few moments where... um, Maybe one goes farther than the other. I don't know. We'll find out. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's see how let's see how this shakes out. I'm excited to get into it, and this is going to be fun and, and hopefully beneficial for everybody as we continue just to kind of think through, you know, lust and and keeping our our minds pure, keeping our thoughts and our hearts and, and our eyes pure, and in, in what yeah. we watch and what we dre- how we dress, what we say, what we do. You know, we talked about modesty being beyond just clothing right like it's modest behavior it's it's modest in speech it's it's it encompasses a lot of things and and how should the christian live and how should the christian um, react based on the bible and that's really what it boils down to right is what does the bible say and how do we respond to it and and so i'm excited to get into it austin has um it looks like a book like a full full (laughs) book just of notes ready to roll for today so i'm pretty excited about it and we're gonna dive in if you'll do us a favor i didn't say this on the last episode but just jump on social media follow us like us give us a five-star review patreon.com slash reading logos if you want to support us financially that was quick
1: that was good yeah, yeah. i tried to do it quick. Getting Austin. used to it
0: yeah see you doing okay this morning
1: i'm good yeah i'm awake, awake. I'm,
0: I'm awake i'm alive
1: That's yeah right
0: yeah things going things going well things kind of yeah there's pretty much status quo from from the last episode yeah yeah pretty much
1: yeah we're we're <laughs> We're trucking. We're trucking along. <laughs>
0: That's right. So we are uh, just really happy to be back on here and, and, and recording mm. and, and getting into this. And it's always something I look forward to throughout the week. So I'm excited to, yeah. to do. Even if I don't look forward to editing on technology, man. There, I was so close to just like putting out the unedited version the other night yeah. of this because I was so frustrated with the computer. And every time I loaded it into the the, the software I use, which is called Audacity, it just froze. Computer just froze and just the little thing would spin and really? nothing would happen. And I would have to shut the computer down. And what happens then is I have my recorder plugged into the computer. And if you don't shut it down properly, you know, go through the safely remove hardware and go through those steps, you lose the, the SD card. The SD card goes bad, which means oh, I lose everything on it. I could buy a new one, which is like $75. And it just becomes a whole process yeah. uh, when things don't get shut down properly. And so I about threw the computer out the window and gave you guys an unedited version of our show, which, I mean, really, all it does is shorten it by about 20 minutes. Well, the unedited version will be about 20 minutes longer, and it would uh, consist of a four or five, like, two or three-minute breaks. Right. <laughs> Where we're looking for something or we're getting up, using the restroom, doing something that causes us to stop for a minute. Yeah. And so, really, unedited doesn't mean bad it just means unnecessary stuff in it (laughs) and austin clears his throat i I clear my throat i say um austin says um and we i try to take most of those out i don't get them all but yeah you would hear a lot more of those (laughs) it'd be fine it'd be fine so anyway (laughs) i digress my little mini rant on frustrations of technology and we will dive in let's just honestly let's get right into it no no real agenda for the first part of the show let's just jump into modesty or m modesty as it as it were And we'll get going. So, Austin, where are we we starting today?
1: Cool beans. Yeah. So, whenever we talk, in my humble opinion, about anything, looking at everything through the lens of Scripture, and especially as we're in the topic of modesty, especially clothing. So, something to think about as we walk through what Scripture has to say about clothing. Sometimes you just need to obey before you feel in your heart that you should what's pertaining to scripture. So
0: just personal example of that, going to church a couple of weeks ago, right? Austin yeah. and I talked about that before we recorded last episode is like, I went to church, you know, last Sunday out of obedience, not out of a strong desire to go, to be completely honest. and And the emotion to go wasn't there, but I needed, I needed to go. I needed to obey, to gather with my believers and not, you know, wasn't sick. Right. So right. there was no reason for me not to go. So, Anyway, that's a good practical example of that,
1: yeah, and what this leads to is talking talking about the heart and talking about the fact that our hearts are sinful and the, the it's a huge thing in Disney uh, Disney princesses follow your heart. It's like, well, actually no, you <laughs> don't want to do that. That's not a very good thing. So Matthew fifteen verse nineteen, this is Christ speaking. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. And next we go to Jeremiah 17 verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So just some context. Our hearts are sinful. Going back to that The saying of "Don't follow your heart." Your heart is already not in the right place. Right. So if you are looking at something through scripture and you're like, "Well, I I don't really feel like you know this is wrong," so I I don't really have to do it. It's like, well, if scripture says it, then it is, and it doesn't matter if you feel like it's wrong or right. It God has already set the standard. He doesn't expect you and your heart to then. Come to that realization and then obey. It's like, no, God just says obey and you do it. So scripture calls us to learn and then live. As we look throughout the entirety of scripture, even when God gave the law, he said, here is a list of laws, learn them and then live your life. It isn't, you know, go throughout your life, make your mistakes, you live and then you learn. That is actually a very, very unbiblical way of living your life. And I believe we've talked about it before, but whenever a a king of Israel would be placed on the throne, going back looking at David, they would copy, they were commanded through the law to copy the law into a personal book of which they would carry with them always so that they could go back to the law whenever they needed and just read it so that they could learn so that they could live the life that they're supposed to. And I mean, we're... We are literally called to do that in Christianity. God has set the precedent, we learn what the precedent is and then we go into the world and do it.
0: when you were a kid or, or when you're dealing with your own kids you you can absolutely recall times or, or you know times where your child did not want to do what you asked them to do at all they they, they did not they had no interest and yet hopefully they did it anyway. Because they are going to be obedient. And, and there is some of that in this. That's a, I think it's a good parallel or a good analogy to, to kind of what we're talking about here. We're not going to feel like doing it a lot of times, right? Oh, yeah. and, and we're not going to enjoy it or we're not going to agree with it necessarily. Because, again, in our own minds, in our own hearts, that's eh, no big deal. But what does your father say? Mm-hmm. What is your father telling you to do? And and that is very important and very, something you will struggle with until you die. Because yes. you're going to naturally want to disobey. And you're going to naturally not enjoy or not agree with, quote unquote, what's being said. Yeah. I mean, the Bible's countercultural. We talk right. about that a lot, right? The Bible does not conform to our social norms.
1: And anyway. it's against our flesh, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> There's that. So, yeah, Scripture calls us to learn and then live. When Scripture tells us to do something, we obey. Even if you don't feel convicted, God doesn't need you to feel anything before you obey. That's that's important. Mm-hmm. Just because you're reading through Scripture and you're like, oh, well, I'm not convicted by that, that doesn't give you the license to therefore not obey what God has told you to do. So we need, we need to have that in mind as we're reading through Scripture. So, if you begin to obey with the true intent that it is for the Lord, your heart will change. As you read something, and you're like, man, I am not convicted by this, I don't feel like I need to, but Scripture's calling me to do it, I'm going to do it. As you do it, as you obey, God will change your heart towards these things, and you will get into the heart feels, whatever, whatever you want to call it, of, oh, actually, this is a very good thing that I am doing this. And now I am feeling convicted, as in, yes, I will continue to do this. It, it's very interesting how that, that happens. So, we are discussing the importance of the physical. Not everything is spiritual. So, Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them. This is the good work. Modesty, as this is the topic, this is the good work that God has set before us to walk in. So, keep that in mind also as we are going through this topic. Yes, Works do not get us into heaven, but God has given us good works because we obey him. And again, this is the good work in which we are walking. So let's begin by looking at Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Loincloths. <laughs> the The Hebrew word for loincloth is, uh, I don't even want to pronounce it because <laughs> it, it's K H A G O R E is the phonetic way of saying it. So, Kagor, Kagor, which the the actual meaning is belt or girdle. Okay. So, bare minimum. Exa- when we hear loincloth, like I, I think of like underwear. But it's worse than that. It's literally a band, just around the loins. Like for for the women, it's not up top. That the top is open. It's no. It's literally they just sewed like a line of fig leaves around the 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 loin, and it wasn't like here. Let me sew six in the front and ten in the back. It's like no. It was just a a girdle. It was enough to cover
0: barely. Barely.
1: (laughs) barely yeah and when we get to the next section so genesis 3 verse 21 and the lord god made for adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them the hebrew word here for gar- garment or tunic is kathoneth or a coat it is a full body covering from the neck the shoulders all the way down past the knees this is a full body covering. Just in case you need to know, here's some extra biblical examples of that exact same word. Same word is used in Genesis 37.3 when it talks about the coat of many colors for Joseph. Mm-hmm. Same word. It, it's a coat from the collar all the way down past the knees. Same word is used in Exodus 28.4. Kathonith. Um, talking about the uh, the robes for the uh, priests whenever they were starting to make the robes for like the, the sons of Aaron and Aaron, they were beautiful, they were ornate but the same word is used. it's from the the, the neck down past the knees. Second Samuel 13:18. So second Samuel 13:18. Now she was wearing a long robe with sleeves. For thus were the virgin daughters of the king dressed. So his servant put her out and bolted the door after her. Now this is talking about Amon and Tamar. And if you know anything about that, it's just, uh, just a crazy, awful story anyway. But the, the word there for, for robe is the same word, kananeth, or cathaneth or something like that. But uh, I, I like the imagery here where it says, now she was wearing a long robe with sleeves for thus were the virgin daughters of the king dressed. Um, we're supposed to dress in the same fashion as the virgin daughters of the king, from sho- from the ne- from the neck past the knees, and this this is the precedent through scripture, um, starting from the beginning. So as we continue, we'll we'll kind of deepen and, and unpack in that. So there is precedent for the way God wants us to be dressed, and not the way that we want not the way that we think is sufficient. God said in the garden, the way we dress is not sufficient. As in, I will clothe you. So let's look at physical dress versus metaphorical dress. The imagery of clothing. Does scripture really speak about clothing and in what ways? Let's first look at Psalms 104 verses 1 through 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O oh, Lord my God you are very great you are clothed with splendor and majesty covering yourself with light as with a garment stretching out the heavens like a tent so here we see that he is clothed in splendor and majesty and he is clothed in light god clothes himself next we go to isaiah 59 verse 17 he puts on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. So we we got a couple things here I, I thought was interesting. So when we go back to Psalm 104, when he covers himself with light, in the beginning, before God created the sun and the moon, there was already light. And there's debate on what that light was or from where it was emitted. But I, I believe, firmly believe that we have the b- biblical precedent to look through and see that it was more than likely probably Christ when God said, let there be light, and light was shining before the sun was created, the, the actual sun that goes around in the sky, uh, <laughs> it was the sun of God. And we see that in John where he says, I am the light of the world that has come into the world. And then in Revelation, when there is no sun or moon, the light is emitting from Christ, from the Lamb. Right. So, when God said, let there be light, Christ said, okay. And he turned on. <laughs> and looking at it from that way, even, okay, when, when man was created, yes, the sun was on, on, on. But Christ was still shining, and he was there with God the Father, walking with Um, Adam and Eve. So before they knew they were naked, they were clothed in light as well until they fell and then they were no no longer clothed. Um, And then next in Isaiah talking about how um, right here, he put on righteousness as a breastplate and the helmet of salvation. Later in Ephesians, when we talk about the, the armor of God, it is the armor of God. God wears this and he has given this to us to wear as well. So it's not like a, the king of a palace giving the armor out to his people and saying, "Go fight for me," and then he stays in his castle. No, we have a king that is wearing armor, and he is out there with us as well. I think I think that imagery is just awesome.
0: And we're obviously we're looking at the metaphorical clothing in in these examples. I, I don't think necessarily we are. Uh, putting on legitimate armor as we head out into the streets on a daily basis. We might get some strange looks in those moments if we had on uh,
1: I would do it in a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> if we had, <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yes, looking at...
0: Unless we're going then, to a Ren fair, and then it's totally acceptable.
1: I think we should just bring it back. <laughs> Let's make it more accepta- acceptable. Yeah, we're looking at the the metaphorical dress, but there is a reason why God uses the imagery of... Dress and clothing. Yes, we have this this metaphorical way of looking at it, but why? And I, I do believe that it is very important to... That, that's why we were I mentioned the... Everything is not just spiritual. There is a very important physical opponent, proponent, to Component. all of this. Component, proponent. Yeah, it's whatever. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yes, as we look at it at a metaphorical way, as we close, we are going to incorporate it as a physical as well. So Isaiah 63, starting in verse 1. Who is this who comes from Edom, and crimson garments from Bozrah? He who is splendid in his apparel, marching in the greatness of his strength. It is I, speaking in righteousness mighty to save. So this is God. This is God wearing a crimson garment. Later it talks about, verse 2 through 3, why it's red. Because he is treading the wine presses in his wrath. But he is dressed. God is dressed. He has clothing. Next, I want to go to the clothing of the world. Looking at how the world is clothed as well. So we go to Isaiah 50, verse 3. I clothe the heavens with blackness and make satcloth their covering. Next we go to Matthew 6, verse 30. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So God covers the, the heavens. God covers the earth. We, we have this imagery as well again pointing to the importance of clothing. Next i want to look at the imagery of salvation when it comes to scripture. Zechariah chapter 3 verses 1 through 5. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, "The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you." Is not this a brand plucked from the fire now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed with filthy garments and the angel said to those who were standing before him remove the filthy garments from him and to him he said behold i have taken your iniquity away from you and i will clothe you with pure vestments and i said let them put a clean turban on his head So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments, and the angel of the Lord was standing by. So we have this imagery of dirty clothes, and the replacement of those dirty clothes with clean linen, clean white, a white robe. We get the same imagery in Revelation. When we get to heaven, we are going to be given a, a white robe. It's going to be splendid, and it's going to be that imagery of perfectness. We are going to be perfect with God. Next, we go to Isaiah 61 verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. So, Our our garments of salvation. Next we go to the New Testament. Romans chapter 13, verse 12 through 14. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So, we are to, here's the the physical look of taking off darkness and putting on light. Again, going back to clothing. We are taking off the old self, going to Corinthians, and putting on the new self. We are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and we are to look more like Christ. Christ Next we go to Colossians chapter 3 verses 9 through 10 Do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator Again we are the image of God the image of the creator we are putting off the old and we are putting on the new Next we go to Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 22, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Uh, just again, our old self is deceitful and it is corrupt. We have to take it off as a, a dirty garment with all the rain that we've been getting. Our our kids are going out and playing. Alaric mm-hmm. comes strutting up to the door in his, his rain boots that are covered in mud. He's he fell in the mud. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not coming in this house like that. Take him off. It's, it's the same same way. In order to go into the presence of God to, to come before the king and his throne, we cannot come before him dressed as we are. We just can't. So Christ died, covered us in his blood so that we can approach the throne room. And therefore, get a new robe. Get, get something white. Clean. Something Perfect. clean. Yeah. yeah don't, you can't. You can't go before the throne room in, in mud-soaked clothes. But you can't change yourself either. So God's going <laughs> to do it for you. Which is awesome. So I, I have a book here. It's called Future Men Raising Boys to Fight Giants by Douglas Wilson. There's a section in here talking about the imagery of clothing. And it's kind of cool, because I didn't have to go through and find everywhere in Scripture that clothing is referenced. So I'm going to reference this book, because it it already has it. There you go. So thank you, Lord. (laughs) But no, he has a quote here. He says, We therefore cannot say that clothes are a neutral thing, and descending from the realm of symbolism and metaphor, we come to the world which makes symbols possible. So... We see prison clothes in second Kings twenty five verse twenty nine, Jeremiah fifty two verse thirty two. We see the clothes of a widow in Genesis thirty eight verse fourteen and nineteen, clothes of captivity, Deuteronomy twenty one, thirteen, clothes of mourning, second Samuel fourteen, two, clothes for repentance or dismay, Genesis thirty seven, verse thirty four, Esther chapter four, <laughs> verse one. Psalms sixty-nine eleven, Isaiah thirty-seven one, clothes to show joy, Isaiah three verse twenty-two, clothes to indicate sex, Deuteronomy twenty-two verse three and five, clothes for fine occasions, Ruth three three, Ezekiel twenty-seven twenty-four, Genesis twenty-seven fifteen, politics Matthew eleven verse eight, work, John twenty-one seven. John 13, 4. Lepers would even indicate their disease through torn clothes. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare. And he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, unclean, unclean. Leviticus thirteen forty five. So we have all of these biblical references to clothing and exactly to what they're for. You can go through, look them up, read them.
0: We, we have the same thing... <laughs> In our culture today, right? I mean, you you know when you go into McDonald's, you know who works at McDonald's, who doesn't, right? 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 You know who's in jail, who's not, based on the clothing that they're wearing. You know, you know what school you go to a lot of times based on the clothing you are wearing. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely, it, it is that is a precedent that has lasted the test of time. There, there is in separate clothing for separate people, separate events, separate uh, what's the circumstances, right? So for example, I am going to serve tables at a restaurant today and I will wear a shirt that has the word staff on it and the logo of the restaurant on the back. That is a uniform that differentiates me from those who were there to eat. So it it's not uncommon. So you you look at this and I can I can you know, you can easily think, well this is just Bible times and that that that's the Old Testament and there's the, you know We're under the new covenant. Okay, yes, we are, and that's true, but think about it logically. We have different clothing for different circumstances, different groups of people. Yep. That is just a simple fact that the Bible has in it, you know, like you said, for politics and for those who are mourning, those who are widows, this, that, and the other, kind of differentiate yourself from others. We have that today, too. It is not an uncommon thing.
1: Right. How are we to relate the way we dress with Scripture? As we just look throughout the the Old and New Testament, um, wherever clothing is brought to our attention and what it was for. So we have a responsibility to see that there is a biblical precedent for modesty. We do see it in scripture and what it looks like. So really quick, I want to look at Isaiah chapter 47 verses 1 through 3. Just talking to Brad here a second ago of I don't like the way ESV translates this. So we're going to look at the New King James, what it says.
0: All right, verses one through three of Isaiah forty-seven say, Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground without a throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For you shall no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind me- meal. Remove your veil, take off the skirt, uncover the thigh, pass through the rivers. Your nakedness shall be uncovered. Yes, your shame will be seen. I will take vengeance and I will not arbitrate with a man.
1: So the ESV says, uh, we'll go verse two. Take the millstone and grind flour, put off your veil, strip off your robe, uncover your legs, pass through the rivers. Your nakedness shall be uncovered and your disgrace shall be seen. I will take vengeance. I like, because the the direct translation, when it's taking off the skirt and showing the thigh, we have this going back to Adam and Eve, the standard of covering. What is considered nakedness? Again, when they came to God with (laughs) uh, fig leaves sewn as a girdle around their loins, God's like, that is not enough. Um, I, I believe it's the Public Undressing of America. Um, I forgot what is his name, Pollard. He was one of the first ones that I've seen where he, he references back to the, the first time a father looks at his children and says, You're not going out like that.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> go
1: back I'm and not even go back and put something else on. I'm gonna put something on for you. Yeah. And so we go back to the word.
0: That's in that's in sitcoms. Like that's uh, yeah. yeah, that that is such a normal thing, a normal emotion, a normal experience for fathers.
1: And it should be and it should be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of times the sitcoms make the fathers look like doofuses, but right. that idea is still prevalent today of like, you are absolutely not.
1: Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> and so God covers them from their neck all the way down past their knees, or past their knees or to their knees. So we get into the conversations of, okay, well then, what is modest and what is not? You, know, How many inches past the knee, or how many inches above the knee, and... Well, I, I think this is a good precedent. When we go to Isaiah, talking about when the skirt is taken off to show the thigh, and then it goes to say, your nakedness shall be uncovered. As in this this woman here, showing the thigh is nakedness. And so we have pretty much, we have a, a length of how far you can go, um, how much to show. And I even say that for men. Guys who wear tremendously short shorts to run or to work out like bro it's just no nobody really (laughs) wants to see that (laughs) so everyone has a dress code should the same standard be for us as for the indigenous people that still only wear loincloths my answer is yes again what is the the precedent what is the the code the dress code well scripture and scripture has everything to say about clothing and uh, you go to Romans chapter 1 how no one has an excuse this is this this is the standard we must be covered this all goes to show the importance of the physical and it's not just spiritual and we need to be careful of gnostics or gnosticism gnosticism being the firm belief that everything is spiritual and that there is no relation to the physical. And even going as far as to say that the physical is so evil and so corrupt that God would have nothing to do with it. And then as far as to say God would not even relate himself to this physical earth because of how perfect he is, which it's like, yes, I understand the stance behind that. But again, this was created by God. And then as we just went through scripture, him, Using the vernacular as clothing, as physical dress for himself, for the world, for the, the heavens, for his people, it's very important. But next, we need to be aware of antinomianism. Antinomianism is a disdain a rejection of God's law, refusing to look at the law as a standard for how we are to live, and using the excuse that it's legalism. So, looking at it, looking through Scripture, looking at the Law, He has given us the standard. And if you're going to look at it as, oh, that's just the Old Covenant, well, we've read the New Testament too, so it's not—it's not just the Old Covenant. But you're like, oh, well, that's just the culture. That was the culture back then, or that—that that was just back then. Well, no, it's not. It's—it's it's now too.
0: On some level, there, there's some cultural. Things there when it comes to the type of attire, right? Like, I sure, mean, we don't wear turbans we're not now, wearing turbans <clears throat> and tunics and robes and all that out and about. But yeah, I mean, the standard stays the same, and and the the, the
1: covering the, is the same, right? Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, our clothing has changed, which we'll we'll talk about here in a second. But the amount of covering has not. So men lust after women; want to be lusted after. Should men control their lust and the way they look at women? Of course. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, honestly, that's not... Uh, no offense, that's not a real question. If you are a Christian, you know this. Yeah. You know this. Um, talking about lust, talking about mm-hmm. the things that men like to see. There's a reason that God made a woman to look the way she does. She, He made... Her appealing to the man. When a man sees a naked woman, he is charged and he is ready for sex. That, That is basic biology. But that's the way God made it. Hence, one of the other reasons of covering. Biblical standards of covering, not just your way of covering. Um, next, should women dress in a way that won't stumble their brothers and unbelieving men? Yes. As we've just gone through scripture, there is the standard for covering. How much needs to be covered? What all needs to be covered? And I say believing men and unbelieving men because, yes, we are to have the stance of believing men should already know this and should be doing this. Scripture says so, so obey. But you cannot have that same standard for unbelieving men. So you are also protecting them. You're protecting their mind. There, there is a stance. Yes, okay. The way you're dressing—if you, are Brad and I were talking about this earlier—if you're wearing a hijab, you are still going to have those men who are looking at you in that way.
0: We, men, do not need help. No, right? Like, I mean, I think I made the, you know, the, the comment. You could be dressed head to toe, completely covered, and men are still be like, "Oh, she's, she's, whoo. Yeah, you know, because we don't need the help. We, yeah. we, we will, we will lust after who we lust after because we're men. Not an excuse. I'm not saying that in a flippant way. I'm just right. saying because of how we are wired, it doesn't really matter on our end necessarily what you're wearing for us to have thoughts that are not of God. It, they're going to happen. Yeah. However, women, girls, don't make the problem worse.
1: And <laughs> right, and, and that's what it is. At right. That point, it, <laughs> it's we are taking we are taking responsibility for ourselves. Yeah, a hundred percent. And. When we are to when we are looking at a woman and we turn away and we say, "Lord God, please forgive me," when you have the woman dressed in the hijab versus the woman who's dressed in the bikini, every man is going to stare at the woman in the bikini. They're not going to look at the woman in the hijab. This is where our Christian sisters need to help. Yes, we are working on all of this ourselves, but we need your help. The, it goes back to literally Cain and Abel when. Cain says, am I my brother's keeper? Well, the answer is yes. Yes, you are your brother's keeper. Yes, you are your sister's keeper. And we are to help each other out in these these cases. So, to dress in a way that you are not making it so easy to do this. Um, If you are completely covered and a man looks at your knees... That is just his own his own sin. But if you're dressing in a provocative way that's showing cleavage, that is showing your your butt squeezing out of things, you are in sin as well. Because you are dressing in a way that you are saying, I want to be looked at. I want attention. And it goes back to women want to be lusted after.
0: And, and Austin, I, I immediately hear from one side of this conversation, I, I immediately hear... Well, you need to teach your boys and men not to look at us that way. Okay. We are granting that completely. Like, we are saying, yes, we do need to teach them not to look in that way. Mm-hmm. What this boils down to, and what we've alluded to to start with, and, and it boils down to the heart. It boils down to God working on your heart and saying, look, I have a standard for you. Yeah. I have a, a way I want you to be. Your body, as we talked about, I think. On the last Immodesty episode, your body is not your own. Yes. So your body is for your husband, and your, your body husband is for your wife. And, and just think about if you're married. Wife. If your husband is looking at pornography and you you find this out, you, un, 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 you discover this is happening, you're going to be upset because you want him looking at you. Yeah. You don't want him looking at the computer and looking at all these other images. Right? Same way for a man. If you find that your wife... Is either watching porn because that happens, obviously, right? Or your wife is talking about or fantasizing about the 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 guy on TV or the lifeguard or whatever. You're gonna be a little upset by that because your wife needs to be looking at you.
1: Yeah,
0: that's that's logic. That happens in non-Christian marriages. Oh yeah, right. That is that is a logical thing. Yes, we need to control our, our temptations and we need to take every thought captive. Right, the Bible talks about that as men and as women, but as men specifically in this instance. But women, why would you then put someone else's husband in that position to where they're going to get in hot water with their wife? Why would you put your future husband in that position? Why would you put your sons, put your in, that sons in that position? Why would you put yourself in that position to be looked at that way? I mean, I, you know, unbelieving friends and, and people that I've talked to... All oh, the men just look at me up and down and it just oh it just drives me nuts. Okay, what are you like what are you wearing?
1: What are you wearing? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean I like this. I like okay, that that's fine, but you're you're going to draw that attention if you're Guys wearing like that. that Guys like it too. We do. And especially unbelievers who have no qualms with undressing you with their eyes, right? Like they yeah. don't have an issue with it. So there is responsibility on both parties. Men not to act like pigs. Women not to dress like horse. Thank you. I was going to... I was. I think I was no. going to say hussies.
1: Hussies. <laughs> well, the interesting thing but, is... But you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah. there is a
0: balance. There's a balance of responsibility on both parties.
1: It's interesting, though. Like, a whore dresses in a way that leaves things up to the imagination. Why? Because she is selling something. Right. And she does not want to give it away for free. So she is not going to uncover something until she gets paid for it. Right. And women today, and Christian women don't even have that mentality they're like i'm just going to show it and at least the prostitute is like no i'm i'm going to get paid (laughs) you gotta pay
0: yeah you gotta pay for this yeah Yeah. well
1: and going back to the the argument of oh well you just need to teach your sons better that is a childish argument of literally going to our children of what is their argument of oh well so and so is doing this so why can't i do this okay so men are lusting So why can't you be dressing the way you want? It's like, well, no, that doesn't work that way. Yes, again, that is a sin of man. That is for the man to deal with between him and God. But are you dressing in a way that is lustful? As in, it it is, you are promoting that.
0: Let's go to the alcohol side of things real quick. I know there's a little contention here about that. But let's go to the alcohol side of things and put it to in a different way. You have a brother, phys- blood brother, your, your sibling, your, your person you grew up with. Your brother is an alcoholic. He made choices in his life that has led him down this road to where he is now addicted to alcohol, and it is a problem. All right. Let's say he gets clean by the grace of God, either through Alcoholics Anonymous, Celebrate Recovery, just from sheer willpower between him and God. like Whatever the case may be, he is, he is sober. He is sober for six months. Well, guess what? He's still going to be tempted by alcohol. So what are you going to do as your brother's sibling? Are you going to then say, hey, let's have a glass of bourbon? Or, hey, I'm going to have a glass of bourbon, or I'm going to have a beer. Here's some water. And you're going to drink in front of them. Is that, is that really what you're going to do? It's his choice whether to drink or not. It's his, it's his responsibility. His ultimately comes down to him to say, I will not take a drink. But why would you put him in that position to to be tempted to do so, right? Right. I had a situation where an old roommate of mine, you know, had had a couple issues with this. And my first thought is, okay, I'm going to make sure there's no alcohol in my house. Because I'm not going to put that temptation there. Is having a glass of bourbon wrong? No. But for him, yes. For him, it's an issue. So what am I going to do? I'm not going to put the problem in front of his face, right? Right. Why can we not take that same logic? Because I think I can say that without any controversy. Any. Right. No one's going to come back at me and say, that's terrible. It's the person who's a drinker responsible for. No. Just don't drink in front of them. That simple. Why can we not put that same logic, that same principle, and add it to this conversation about modesty? Right. Yes. It is his responsibility. It is her responsibility not to look at that person and lust after them. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Why in the world would you put it in front of them and give them the opportunity?
1: Right. And especially in church. Especially in church, especially as a Christian. Yes. Again,
0: we're talking to Christians, too. If, if non-believers, I don't hold them to these standards because they don't hold to God's standards. So we, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast, right? We don't right. hold non-believers to the same standards we hold believers to because we know better and we're taught better and we're, we're convicted. We're supposed to know better. We're supposed to know better. Yeah. And we're convicted, right? Yeah. Christian. You dressing properly, you dressing in a modest way, does not negate the responsibility of the other Christian. Period. You still have a responsibility. Why put it in front of them? Why give them the opportunity? Because, by the way, again, like we said, they don't need the opportunity. If we're going to lust, we're going to lust. That's between us and God. That's working. But why make it worse? Why make it? Why exacerbate the problem?
1: Right. And and it goes back to. Do you actually want to help your brothers in Christ and their relationship with God? Or is it truly a, I don't care about you. If you go to hell, I don't, I'm not worried about it. Right. I would go as far as to say, you're probably not a believer. Then you need to check your own salvation. If that is the case, because you are, we are all called to love one another. We are all called to Love build our neighbor each other as ourselves. Build
0: each other up. Iron sharpening iron, mm-hmm. right? It, and being, you know, a catalyst for deeper relationships with with God and with our Creator.
1: Yeah. yeah
0: what that, that just I, I I don't that just that thought just kind of came to me about the alcohol versus. Obviously, we talked about it before we started recording, but like that specific thought of like, why in the world is this a problem? Why is right. this a a, a, a thing? There is responsibility on both parties, in both scenarios. Alcohol and right period in modesty right. like there's why is that a difficult concept right. why are we so sensitive to this and I, I do think it goes back to it's a heart issue right what are we choosing to focus our i don't know i have other thoughts but let's keep going and maybe we'll get back to them <laughs> yeah so Cause i because I, I went sorry adhd kicks in here uh yeah. um legalism i started yeah. thinking about legalism yeah but we'll talk about that in a minute yeah all right go ahead
1: So I want to look at uh, a few examples. And I want to look at if these things are okay or permissible. And either a yes, no, and why. So looking at it from a man's perspective, leggings. Are leggings permissible and are they okay for women to wear around wherever they want? My answer is no. Here's why. Leggings are skin tight. Okay, yeah, when we are looking at the word for covering covering past the the knees oh and then the rebuttal is well of course everything's covered everything is covered it's like yes but still everything is showing literally th- the leggings out there you are no better off painting paint on your legs than wearing skin tight spandex clothing it leaves everything to the imagination right it leaves nothing to the imagination actually because everything shows um, you have things so tight that certain things, pop out that are not supposed to be, uh, just come on and say it, the vagina. you can literally see it with most leggings. Uh, there is nothing up to the imagination with the the butt at all because it is all shown. So can can believing women wear leggings out in public? And my answer is no. And looking at, okay, just the perspective of as you're the woman wearing it out in public, Okay. Do you want your husband to be staring at other women wearing it's the exact exactly same? Exactly what are?
0: we I said a few seconds exactly. ago. Exactly right. Like that's going to upset you, right? Un- and if you it should, if you least.
1: say yes, you're okay with it. I don't say I don't. Different even, conversation. That's a different conversation. <laughs> uh, that yeah. yeah. That's that's okay. So let me ask God you this, because
0: this is where my thought went immediately with leggings. Working in a high school. That, uh in South Carolina, for a number of years, they had rules about leggings right because that was it's such a common thing and the rule is okay they can you can have them on as long as you have something over said leggings well then you're covered right so like yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure because i'm th- I'm sitting there thinking like they have a skirt that goes to their knees or whatever, or a modest skirt, but they yep. have leggings that go past it and you can see the layout. That That's fine. I'm, I have no yep. problem with that. I don't think you do either.
1: Well, but because it's covered. Yeah. You're not seeing the things that you're not supposed to. Right. All you're seeing is they're...
0: Maybe from the knee down the or knee whatever. The knee down is covered. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. That, that's not an issue. Right. And I, if you ever see my girls, whenever they're wearing tighter pants, they have a skirt on. I don't care if they're four or five or six that we're setting the precedent so that as they get older, they're like, yeah, no, that's, that's not a good thing. Right. But the point is you are covering things to not be shown. And at that point you might as well just paint them on. (laughs) Next are jeans. Are jeans permissible? Yes or no. I would say yes and no, depending on how they're made. Okay. A lot of women's jeans are made for women. And they're, they are just as tight as leggings. Granted, there's what are jeggings? Jeggings. Yeah. Je- jean <laughs> jean leggings. leggings. Yeah, those are the same. I'd say no yeah. to those. But this goes back to our previous episode of dressing feminine, right. dressing like a woman, yeah. versus are you wearing men's clothes? There, there are, it's a balance. It's, there, it's, it's so, it's so, this gets into discernment. And if you're wearing jeans that are painted on, it's not a good thing because everything is bulging out or it is so tight that you can see every contour of your body and contours that only your husband should see. But then you get into your, I I hate using it, but you're dressing like a box. There, there is no curves, nothing. And you you are to show that you're feminine. You are to show that you are a woman. So there, you, you just have to use discernment when you're wearing jeans. Yeah. Next is sleepwear pajamas. Is it permissible to go out in public wearing pajama pants? Now, this is not so much of a modesty topic as a laziness <laughs> Come topic. Come on. Yeah. And <clears throat> again, we are the image of God. We are to show people that. And we are not to degrade it. So, I'm not saying go out in a three-piece suit or go out in <laughs> a cocktail dress that is right. is covering... Um, every day no <laughs> there are different dresses for different occasions as we just went through scripture for
0: i don't wear pajamas to walmart yes right? please please don't do that. like i don't do that please i mean that. i wear sweatpants maybe but i don't wear pajamas to walmart it it's it is it's kind of a laziness it's kind of just a like and we are I just called not care. to be
1: lazy and not to be soft
0: i will say i may have done it when i had the flu and had to go get medicine maybe i did it then i don't know that feels lazy but Maybe that's happened.
1: If I'm walking around with a brick on my face, I don't. I don't. It's fine. (laughs) Next time, ask me. I'll go get it for you. How about that? So next, kind of in the same categories, but glitter, tassels, jewelry, flashy things. I put this in the category of flamboyancy. If you are wearing glitter on your face, if you're wearing uh, tassels in your hair or bejeweled everything. Why? Well, it's drawing attention to yourself for the wrong reasons. Yes, there is good dress. There is a good and proper way.
0: Good jewelry, good hair. Yes, you know, Again,
1: what is the accoutrements point? Accoutrements or whatever. We talked about in the last episode, you're wearing a necklace. It is to frame the face. You're wearing earrings to complete the framing of the face. You're wearing a little bit of makeup that bolsters the eyes or the lips, whatever it may be. But you're doing it to accentuate parts of your body that you're supposed to be versus, I mean, what is the push-up bra doing versus what are their heels doing for the, the butt and looking at the glitter and the tassels and everything? What, what is that doing? That is saying, hey, look at me. In a very gaudy, flamboyant way, and b- the biblical precedent is no, we are not to do that.
0: I think discernment comes into play in this as well, right? And in, in, when, when <laughs> what, what do we do as believers in all aspects, not just this, but in all areas of our life? How far is too far? How close to the line can I get exactly. before it becomes an issue? Yeah, and and you know, I think on some level that's human nature, and that's not a good thing. On some level, I think you know we are trying to make sure we stay within the bounds that that we have been that have been set for us. So I think there's some good and bad in that. It depends on where your motivation is for asking those questions. But I think discernment is kind of in this regard when it comes to the jewelry and the hair and the makeup and all that. Uh, I've alluded to this person before. And if you're young, you don't know who this is. If you're my age or older, you probably do. Mimi from The Drew Carey Show. Google her. Just Google Mimi from Drew Carey. It's not immodest or weird or, you know, sexual in any way. Google her. And I'm just going to say when it comes to the makeup and the jewelry and all that, don't be a Mimi. Oh no. All right? Just don't be a Mimi. Yeah. So, and, and uh, again, if, if you get that reference, I think it's a clever joke. But if you don't, um, I don't care. <laughs> Google it.
1: Google it. <laughs> well, and even don't be a Britney Spears. Don't be a Christina Aguilera.
0: But she's a genie in a bottle.
1: Very inappropriate one. <laughs> <laughs> well, even... Yeah, okay, do you remember the show I Dream of Genie? Yeah. I, and we've, we've watched that with our kids several times. And but we got to the point where when our daughters are like, She's dressed inappropriately. It's like, you know what, yeah, she is. Uh I guess we'll watch something else. <laughs> if if your little girls are able to point that out, yeah. it's like, well, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, get to the next one. Bikinis. Bikinis, are they permissible or are they not? What is your hot take bread? <laughs>
0: Who who are you asking? Are you asking Brad the guy or Brad the Brad the Christian? I'm asking Brad the Christian for sure. <laughs> Brad the Christian says, uh probably not. I'm going to go with a I'm going to go with a no on that one. And, and somewhat again on the on the Brad the the human side of like unfortunately.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Unfortunately. Yeah, probably not great.
1: <laughs> Why do most men go to the beach? Yeah. Why do most old men go to the beach? They go to sit in their chair with their sunglasses on and they will sit there. Why? Because they're staring at 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 the ocean. (laughs) They are not staring at the ocean. No, they're not. We, we have gotten to the point where we, we will not go to a public beach. We won't one. I don't want my girls seeing how everyone else is dressing Two, I don't want my sons to have that. So bombarded in their face and three for me, I, I don't want to tempt myself in that way because I am a man. I am going to look. So when we go to the beach, we're finding somewhere that is not public in a way that there are a bunch of people there. Yeah.
0: That's so I we go in December. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> but again, <clears throat> it is very inappropriate. Yeah. It goes back to Adam and Eve. It's a loincloth. You're covering the loins and the women are wearing a bra.
0: And and this is the one that I think you're gonna get pushback.
1: There's a lot of pushback, because, especially in the church,
0: and it's because of the culture that we have that, that we've set within within the the West, within the well, and well, and honestly, even well, the Western culture, because that also includes Europe and all that uh, to some degree, because of the oh, gosh, Europe has nude beaches uh, everywhere. Look how far we've progressed. But, yeah. but I mean, we have those here too, but they're way more. You have to try to find those, which is a good thing that you can't just yeah. find them. But anyway, that is our cult. Our culture says when you go to the be- beach, you want to get a tan. You wear as little as you can get away with. Exactly, yeah. And Christians are the same way. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and it, it's, I, it's I just tough. don't get it. The thinking that since bikinis or swimsuits are made in a different fabric, that it's fine. But you still have the the, the old Christian ladies That are like, oh, well, yeah, of course you don't wear your your bra and underwear out in public.
0: (laughs) Right. But then
1: they're like, oh, well, well, a bikini's different because it's swimwear. Excuse me? Yeah. No. No, it's not. And it's highly inappropriate. It's very much not modest. Not modest. Biblically speaking, it is not.
0: Well, again, what does Sports Illustrated have every year? They have this swimsuit edition. Yep. Who buys that magazine? Men. Exclusively.
1: (laughs) If if you are a woman that buys <laughs> or it, almost exclusively, <laughs> because you want to be looked that way, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it it's uh, common sense. You would think, you would think, you would and, think, and 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 uh, you know, again, would you want husbands? Would you want your wives out at the beach in the bra and underwear?
1: And you, for, you, other you, you would say, you, for other men to
0: stare, for other men to you would say no.
1: I would hope you would say. I would no. hope you would say no. If you are saying, oh, I don't care, so yeah, you and, and, best start caring.
0: The 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 bikini is the same coverage as a bra and panty, maybe not lacy, right? But like the the bikini is the same fat or the same coverage rate of the bra and panty, and, and you wouldn't, wa- hopefully, you wouldn't want your wife in public atti- in that attire. Same way with with the dads, you see that in TV sh- sitcoms. I, I alluded to that earlier. You see it in sitcoms where the daughters finally starting to develop and going through puberty or whatever, and and they're developing the body parts that men enjoy. And they decide they're going to wear a two piece to the beach or the, to the pool party, and the dad's like, "What is happening?" You are right. uh, and they start freaking out a little bit. Like, ha, ha, why is this a thing all of a sudden? That reaction is appropriate, and that, re- and of course, again, the TV shows make the dad look out to be a prudish doofus, right? But stupid. That is the appropriate reaction. Is that you're not? No, I don't want my daughter out in this. I don't want my daughter again. This is Christians and not Christians alike. It should cause you to pause when you see your daughter in that and you're like, wait a minute, that I'm yeah. not okay with this. Hopefully you have a mom that backs you up and a mom that says, yeah, of course not, go put on your swimming shirt.
1: <laughs> there are <laughs> modest ways to do it yeah, without, there are modest without do looking it. frumpy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and this gets into the topic of legalism versus yes. obedience. Yes. Okay, the issue I have with this is people have a wrong understanding of legalism.
0: There is some of that. There is some sure. of that
1: because what is legalism? Legalism is doing something out of a response to "I'm doing this for my salvation." Or, I am dressing this way because it's for my salvation, right? And or
0: out of just this unbiblical guilt and shame that that gets put on them, maybe from a pastor, maybe from a parent, something that goes beyond just the "we're sinners needing a savior," right? It, right. it deeper than that. Because obviously we need to have guilt and shame over our sin, right? But I'm talking like the oppressive, just
1: honestly, I would go to say that that's not even legalism. That's just sin. That's just it's wrong. Yeah, it's, it's wrong. But it's a misconstruing and misconception of okay. what legalism is yeah, 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 for sure. And it is no. If someone is talking legalism, they're talking you are doing something for salvation, right? It is a works based. I am wearing this skirt because this work my is My salvation depends get, on it. Exactly. Yeah. Versus, I'm wearing this skirt because my pastor told me to, and if I don't, I'll be excommunicated. Well, no, that's just... That's that's also wrong. That's too. wrong. Yeah. That's wrong. That's not legalism. That's not... Because when you go to the law... But we do
0: define legalism that way at times, though, right? Like, that is a right. mis, misinterpretation yeah. of legalism. So, but I, but yeah. that's a mentality that some people are going to have in this conversation. Right. Is, well... I was so oppressed and "quote unquote" judged by the pastors and the women, and just feeling this feeling this weight that they shouldn't be feeling because there's freedom in Christ. But feeling this weight of I have to wear this, or like I said, excommunicated or, or, or ripped apart by the pastor or the, or the people in the church. That's a wrong way to look at this as well. Right? right? We don't. This shouldn't be done out of fear, or shouldn't be done out of salvation. Working your own salvation, right? right? It's right. not. That's kind of where I was going with that. But I right. understand that is a definition well, of legalism.
1: It's restructuring and going back to the original definition of words. And legalism versus when you get into the churches that have set their, basically their bylaws. Their laws that have nothing to do with scripture. Right. So saying you, ha- you can't show the ankles and you have to wear a turtleneck because you can't show the neck. And they're coming up with all these things that are not scriptural. Again, when we go back to the original covering, some people will say from the neck down. But no, it says the collar. Okay, where's the collar? Well, we have a collarbone. And a collarbones it's not your neck, it's below your neck. Yeah. So you can show your neck. That's fine. Wear a necklace. that That's okay. It is supposed to cover up to your uh, shoulders. So show your arms. That's okay. It is supposed to cover past your thigh, okay? That's not, you stand up and put your your hands down and (laughs) whatever. That's a
0: legalistic thing where you're measuring every inch and making sure it's, yeah.
1: And that is not according to scripture. Therefore, again, redefining words, not legalism. That's man setting bylaws. Okay, That's women setting bylaws. Again, just making sure everyone knows what this stuff means. And legalism is, okay, you are wear it. you can only wear a dress that goes to your knee. And if you don't, you're not saved. That's legalism. Versus you can only wear what your fingertips <laughs> can reach. And if not, then you'll be excommunicated. That's just by... A bad church. That's a bad church. That's a... That, yeah, yeah, that is... I, I understand what yeah. you're doing here. So legalism versus obedience. When we look through scripture, and again, what does Christ say? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's obedience. You look at something that scripture has said, and you obey it. That's obedience. And you're obeying it out of love, saying, I love you, God. I, I will obey, and I will do this. Versus, I'm going to do this, because if I don't, I'm not saved. Right. I am going to do this. If not, then I'm going to hell. It's like, no, that is legalism. And you need to guard against that, because this is not a works-based salvation thing. This is not. No, you can't do any of it yourself. It is God. God has done it all. So to to kind of end things, looking at the way we're dressing, are you trying to frame the face or are you trying to frame the body? Are you drawing attention to the things that God has you to cover since the garden or are you leaving it open for people to see? Um, I, I love this, this imagery of talking about the the marriage bed talking about the husband and the wife and especially the wife when you you read through the uh, the Song of Solomon you know the the imagery in that is just explicit you if you don't know what any of that imagery is <laughs> don't go to a, a MacArthur study Bible and read his commentary because <laughs> his commentary is very much oh uh, this this might sound this way but it, it's not and it's actually very much the opposite. It's like, well, no, when Solomon is talking about his wife's breasts and her eyes and other things, they are very explicit. Yeah. You don't Where necessarily, was I going you with don't that?
0: necessarily walk through Song of Solomon with your middle school
1: boys. No, you don't. Okay, so the imagery is a garden. The imagery is a garden with walls. As the woman, are you going to be a garden guarded by walls? where not every man gets to walk in and look at the fruit and pick the fruit. Are you going to be a woman with walls that has a gate that only your husband has the key to? So as he enters it, he gets to enjoy the fruit. He gets to enjoy the visual splendor of that garden. I, and I love that imagery. pastor by the name of Brian Silvey, he puts it as, a woman is to set a sexual feast for her husband. And, and it's the same mentality of, You are inviting your husband to this garden of which he is the only one who is allowed to come. But if you are wearing a bikini out in public, you are a garden with no walls. And sure, the so-called, quote-unquote, important parts are covered, but at that point, are they? I mean, the scripture calls it nakedness. Going back to the garden, the loincloth was on, but they were still naked. They actually didn't cover anything. God had to cover them. So there's that visual mentality. So, are you okay and are you comfortable with your husband looking at other women dressed like you are out in public? Are you comfortable with your sons looking at other women that way? Are you comfortable with your daughters dressed the way you are knowing that men are looking at her in that way? And instead of just, again, like we are going back to, oh, well, they just need to not look. It's like, well, one, you have the category of unbelievers, um, they don't yeah. They don't, they don't have the same standard. They don't there there is no precedent for them to do so. Other
0: than just like not physically assaulting them. That's no. a universal thing. I but would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. But yeah, as far as what their eyes do, where their eyes go, where their mind goes with those eyes, they don't have the same
1: standards. No, no, they don't. And so it gets to we are each other's keeper. We are our brothers and our sisters' keeper. And we're to help protect each other with that and I go to church. If you are a woman that comes to church dressing provocatively, you are not helping your brothers in Christ. Yes. I would pray that the, the men in the church are able to, as they walk in the door and they see you, they turn away and they completely ignore you. And then you were like, why are, why is every man in this church (laughs) ignoring me? Well, it's because you're dressed inappropriately. Right. And for the men, for the men, it is okay. Okay. Yes, that is our responsibility. As a woman walks in dressed in a provocative way that we know we cannot look at, it we're bombarded with it. The first look, right offhand, there's nothing you can do. I'm sorry. And it, I, there's nothing else I can do but apologize. This is me as a man taking responsibility. Yeah. But it is the woman's job to dress more appropriately. Now, for the man, you turn away. That second look is your fault. That second look <laughs> is sin. That yeah, second that look second is sin. on you. If... <laughs> On that first look, you turn away, but you keep it in your mind, keep rehashing it, going back and looking at it. That is sin also. Right. Of course, Christ says that. If you look at a woman with lustful intent, you have committed the adultery already. So you need to repent for that right away. And as a man, you do it a lot. But women, you've got to help. you. Christian women, I'm not even talking yeah, to unbelieving Christian women. women. I'm talking yeah. to believing women. If you are dressing in a way that you know men are looking at you, Christian men, and especially in the church... Please, please dress a different way. I, I'm just going to straight ignore you. I won't talk to you. And then you're like, well, you're you're not being kind. I'm like, well, you're not either. But I'm protecting <laughs> yeah. myself. I'm protecting my sons. And,
0: you're white. You're protecting and your wife. And my wife. Because that's going to cause her pain and, and, and yeah. issues.
1: We, we talk about men who have an issue with pornography. With your wife, one, you're cheating on your wife, you, you are committing yes. adultery, so you're living in sexual sin. But you are telling your wife that she's not good enough. You're telling your wife that she is not pretty enough because you'd rather this than her. And it is so unfair to the woman. Because you're saying, you are garbage. My my garden that God has given me, I don't want anymore. I'd rather this. Right. And it's sinful and it's wrong. But... Again, yes, we are our brother's and sister's keeper, and we need to be thinking in that way.
0: I mean, I, I think we can boil this down to two things. I think we can boil it down to a, a heart issue. God working on your heart and, and you looking through Scripture and, and, and God convicting you and saying, hey, this is, this is the standard that's been set, and we need to obey. So that's the heart issue, right? And then there's a dual responsibility issue. It is both. A, it is the man's job, it is the woman's job to flee from sexual immorality. It, it is the same exact thing as the alcohol. Why would you put a glass of bourbon or a beer in front of your alcoholic brother who is who is clean and sober and trying to stay that way? Why would you do that? Same with this. Yeah. Why would you put in front of your brother who is who is a man who likes women, why would you put that in front of them? And vice versa. Like yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you set them up to have to make that choice?
1: Yeah, and just remember, one of these leads to sexual sin. Right. And sexual sin is the only sin, like you said, we're called to flee from, the only sin that we commit against our own body, right. against someone else's body, because, okay, you're looking at pornography, you're sinning against your body, but you're also sinning against your wife's body because your body's not and your own. And the
0: body of the girl you're looking at. That, too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it is affecting everyone. I mean, yeah. it, it's, you know.
1: Well, and going back to the heart issue... And reading through scripture, being convicted, yes. But remember, God does not command you to feel something before you obey. Right. So when you read it and it tells you to do something, you obey. And then later the conviction will come. Yeah. That's about it. That's that's
0: all I got. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for interacting with us. If you have any questions, comments, or rebuttals about anything we said, please reach out to us on social media. We'd love to interact with you more and and have a deeper conversation about this or clarify anything that we have said or, or... you know, something that maybe came out wrong or whatever, or, or you took wrong, we'd love to clarify any of that instead of, uh, you know, we, we don't want anything to come out in anger, uh, you know, over this, if it's something that can be cleared up with just a question or a Clarification of some sort. So, yeah. and now, if you're angry at the Bible, that's on you. We we can't do anything about that. Yep. If, but <laughs> if you
1: have an issue, bring it to us with scripture. And If yeah. you have no scripture and it's just feelings, then that's yeah. between you and God.
0: But so we'd love to interact with you. Like I said, find us on all of our social medias. We'd love to, to talk to you. Rudenlogas dot com. No, we dot com. Patreon dot com slash Logos for. Uh, any kind of financial support you'd like to give us five star review on Apple. That'd be wonderful. We could use that. We are stuck on 99 followers on Facebook. Let's get one more. Let's get more than one more, but let's get one more. Let's get to a hundred. Uh, same with our reviews. We're stuck at 27. Let's, let's get that up to 30. Give us, I we need three reviews and one Facebook follower. We can, uh, that. We can do that. So share our episodes with your friends and family. Those you think would enjoy it. Those you think you would need it. Go back to our archives and, and look at episode titles and episodes that, you think would resonate with somebody. These aren't time sensitive episodes, right? Necessarily. Maybe the headlines episodes are a little more time, sure. you know, in the moment, whatever, but more like historical. Now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, otherwise everything we've done is, is meant to be listened to individually if, if needed, right? Find a topic that you think someone would, lo- would, would need or benefit from and share the episode with them. Yeah. And we'd love to kind of grow that way as well. So Thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. We are excited to come back next week. Uh, we're going to have some different scheduling over the next few weeks, I think, as Baby Loop is a- quickly approaching. So we're going to try to get a few episodes recorded at once here in the next week or two. Uh, to That way we don't miss any time with you guys. And if something happens and we can't, we'll let you guys know. Uh, yep. we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, we will see you all next week. Same time, same channel. In the meantime, stay rooted.